man, we got a hot, a hot kitchen this weekend in Pittsburgh, man. AFC North ball. Um, we got some challenges along the way. Um, those challenges don't bring us down. Those challenges inspire us. Um, this is a coach's week, man. We got to work. We got to put these guys in position to perform, minimize our weaknesses, lean on our strengths, while at the same time combating the things that, that the Cincinnati Bengals do and do well. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. It's uh, time to open the locker room with Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Oh, good morning. Now, you know, this is kind of like, uh, Max, it's almost kind of like prophetic, you know? Well, I was about ready to just start talking about the, the run game. And so we, we were going to have a Rolling Stones Wednesday, and so we're going to kick it off a little start me up. You know, it's a good way to get your juice going. And just like the run game, um, it just quit. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but start me up just went, dun, 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 and that was it. And Jacob looked at me. I looked at Jacob, and he said, you got to roll with it. So we're rolling with it because we got to roll with it, my friend. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's the most important thing is that you adapt and overcome. That, that's, the, that's the whole ethos of offensive football in the first place. But it would have been nice to have a, kind of a foretelling that the run game is actually going <laughs> to actually get, get all the way through. And, and, and for that to happen right at the beginning is, is not ominous, but it's just like, uh, you know, another delay, right? I don't another know. It might hitch, be ominous. We game. might have to jump right to ominous. You know what I mean? That's okay. Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to jump off, you know, jump off the ship just yet. Right. I'm like, I got you. Know you. What? Maybe this is what they need. Maybe this is the kick, right? This is the kick <laughs> in the pants where they have to turn it up and no better one than a divisional foe, right? No better True. way to find your groove than saying, you know what? We found our groove against a division rival. No question about it. And again, you know, this is an important day. You know, Mike goes on to talk in that segment. He talks about, you know, the the, the cycle that exists as you go through each work week, you know, and how it better prepares you. Like, for instance, what you do on Wednesday, as Mike said, helps prepare you to do something on Sunday. Wednesday begins it. You have it's. You go in there. You get your your scouting report. You know, and you start to understand. Okay, these are the building blocks we're going to build on through uh, today, Thursday, Friday, Saturday as we prepare for Sunday's one o'clock game. So it's very important from the get go, especially for young bucks, to be able to get those steps down right away. Those intermediate steps as you progress during the week and see how it prepares you for that Sunday encounter, and it begins today. And one of the things that I want you to address is you've addressed it before, but Mike Tomlin has had that sign on the on, on the door heading to the practice field. It says, take the field. And you gave us a pretty good rendition of what take the field meant to you as a player. Yeah, no, take the field means exactly that. You take the field. So whatever you have in your mind, in your heart, uh, personal, otherwise – you leave that in the locker room. Because once you, once you cross that threshold, once you go through those double doors to get to, to the field, the, everything else stays behind those double doors. Right. Your football mind is now given to the grass for those next two hours. 
and that's how you have to do it. You can pick it back up as soon as you walk back through those doors. But as long as you're out here, <laughs> you're taking the field. The field is yours. The field is your respite to not have to deal with the world and everything else around it. You are there for football. You are there to work on your craft. This is like going to your woodshed, right? Right. You know, <laughs> I gotcha. going out back, you know, going to whittle some wood. All you're doing is whittling wood out there. Or you're working with different things, but you're not thinking about the world. You, that is your escape, and that's what that's what the field is. Think about this. Going going to the woodshed and being taken to the woodshed is like the difference between a pat on the back and a kick in the pants. <laughs> You know, it's not there much it of a difference, yeah. but there is definitely a difference there, is there not? Hey, hey, the 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 physical location is still the backside. <laughs> it's just one's high, one's low. <laughs> no you know? doubt about it, man. You make a great point, Max, in the sense of you take the field and you leave behind that which kind of you come into out of your everyday life and you make that uh, transfer of of everyday life leave it in the locker room and and when you take it to f- take the field you're taking the field with a bunch of like-minded men and to me it also means as you said don't be absent-minded with the, uh, taking the field right you're mindful of distractions or you know don't just arrive on the field you take that field with a mindfulness a purpose of thought and going out to increase your skills work on your skills you know, make sure that you are applying your skills in every facet of that practice. And whether it's in shells, whether it's in pads, what have you, you still have to be able to reenact those those moments that test your skill set in some way or fashion. Because the only way to have iron sharp and iron and keep the sword sharp is by doing so. Well, and, and you have to remember, every day that you're stepping out there within said silo, which is the work week, right? Right. You have to operate each week as a silo because the game plan changes. This is the first draft on Wednesday. True. You go out there. It's just, it's just like getting, it's just you know it's just like getting a fresh piece of wood, right? You know you get you get this either two by four or whatever, or you get some type of some type of block. First time you're 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 doing the general shaving, right? You're cutting it down, cutting it down. Now it's just basic. Wait shape. a minute. You went to the woodshed, or not? Or did you get taken to the woodshed, and now you're whittling? You're, wa- you're, you're walking to the woodshed to whittle. Okay, I want to make sure yeah. everybody knows. It's a voluntary thing, because okay. when you're taken to the woodshed, it's, it's against your will. Right. It's a bad, <laughs> it's a bad moment waiting to happen. That, that, that's, a, that's a bad moment, and usually that's a paddle made out of wood. You're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not creating. You're, you're receiving at that point. Um, did you? Let me but, ask you this. When did your mom go to a metal spoon on you or something? Because I remember when my mom had a wooden spoon, you know, me, Ronnie, my brother, oh, yeah. you know, Dale. And uh, then one time it broke, and I was like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden she got the metal spoon. And that was like, oh, that's not fun. Yeah, no, my, ma- my mom was, was all belt. Oh, she was she all, all belt. belt? Yeah. Okay. Start, start to finish. And the thickness of the belt changed over the years. That was ah, <laughs> I gotcha. All right. Now, All my right. grandma my grandma was a switch queen. Oh. She was, did she make uh, you, like, cut it yourself? Because that's, like, punishment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the punishment. It's like, it's like you went and go, go, go to pick the switch. Right. And, you know, you try and get the smallest branch you could find. <laughs> but you don't want like, a lot of, like, whippage to it because then it'll really crack like a whip. So you got to, like, yeah. try to find one that's rather stiff. You know, so it doesn't have that that kind of dried out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I see we've had the same thoughts as yeah, we yeah, went exa- to cut down exactly. the switch. 
<laughs> yeah, no. Oh my gosh, that that was that was the pain and punishment because you're just like, man. <laughs> I'm gonna it, pay it's almost like yeah, it's almost like picking your own co- uh, like punishment at that point, right? You know, uh huh. Yeah, it's like, well, you tell me what you're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always tough. Uh, but think yeah, about it, it now. As you take the field, like you said, you were talking about the fact that this is just day one in the progression of the game plan as it evolves towards the weekend, which in, you know we'll encounter more and more as the deeper you get into film study. And I just cracked it this morning and a little bit yesterday uh, watching some game film. And you know, right away, the first thing that tells you is uh, they got a pretty lively defensive front. Those uh, All three nose tackles are, are 350-pounders. They are... Uh, um, I'm telling you what you couldn't you couldn't shoehorn any more body into some of those football pants they're wearing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's like uh, how much more material do you need to actually create your outfit? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, yeah, it's spandex, you. right? So right. it's not like it's, you use too much, but you're stretching that spandex. <laughs> that spandex is screaming for dear life <laughs> on some of those guys. You're just like, ooh, okay, all right. So this is where we're at. Well, the thing is, you know, you, as you go out there, you, you, you've, you've got to apply yourself again, starting today. And one of the things starting today is, is I want to unpack this as we go along is just talking about some of the things maybe to get that run game going. But certainly the onus right now, and Mike Tomlin said it, and he, and he, he you know, I love how he just sticks to the fundamentals. We just have to keep working. Look, there, there's no magic bullet out there. There's no magic pill that's going to. Uh, suddenly turn this into a, a, a offensive churning yardage grabbing uh, run blocking offensive line. It's the progression of going, you know, getting better a little bit each day, working at it. And they have been working at it, but you know how it is. Unless you're going 100% when you step into you know, live game situations, um, you're not going to have the same effect as it, as it is when the bullets are, are flying around live. Well, no, yeah, no. I mean, it, it's one of those, and that's why I think we, you know, when I was talking about kind of day one, draft one, right? Right. That's what that's what, that's what Wednesday is. It's draft one of this. You know, it, it's it's more big scope overall. This is what we initially think when we watch the film. What plays are going to work? And now it's our job to take <clears throat> the more blunt of your carving tools and kind of shape to the direction of the general shape of what we want to do. And then afterwards, we'll go back in. We'll have our post-practice review, right? We'll watch some film, talk about what went good, what would, what did not go good. And then after that, the coaches then pare down, right? They pare down what is really good, what didn't look so good once we finally got a look of live on, live action. And now we're going to, fine-tuned maybe there's a motion we can take out maybe there's a formation that that works better than others to get our desired response and then you're coming out with more finer tools right more smaller detailed tools then when you get to friday that's when you have the very fine tools you're bringing out the sanding you're bringing out some paint and then now you are ready to go show your wares like at a flea market right flea market Uh on the weekends same thing Right, you spend all week getting your crafts ready, and then you go to the flea market on Sunday, and you show it off and you sell it, right? And then you see if people want to buy it or not. And so that's kind of the process here. Draft one today, draft two, and then draft three by Friday. 
And then by 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 Saturday, it's more polishing than anything else. And that's what we and that's where we're at. But I think for for this team is okay. We need to figure out how this run game is going to work because that that is the key. Every offense, no matter how good, you must have a run game at some point. You must have a run game that sustains you because as you get through the year, the one thing that always travels, right? One thing that always good defense and a solid run game. Absolutely. Those travel and they're transferable throughout the ethos and teams that can run the ball in December, guess what? They're still going to run the ball in January and hopefully all the way to February. Not to That's mention a good defense choking crowds on the road. You know what I mean? You're well, right. yeah, yeah. Well, and the it, run game it, it, does it that too. It takes their voice. Yeah, it takes their voice, and that's what you and that's what you need. Both of those those two things are very, very important to have ultimate success, sustainable success throughout the season. Well, good run game on the road gives a crowd laryngitis. It really does. I mean, let's face mm-hmm. it. It just, like you said, it takes away their voice. Good All defense, that and hollering on right? Third it down doesn't get short. a chance. Yeah, it doesn't get, get a chance down, to get going. Crickets. Crickets. crickets I like the crickets on the road. <laughs> that was always yeah, the cr- best. And yeah, you, that hollow when, sound. <laughs> when you could hear those people yelling individually at you, then you knew you had something cooking. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you get that. You get that. That solitary boo, and it's like <laughs> it's, it's it's so uninspired. That 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 that's a sign. That's a sign of great play on, by the by the road team. <laughs> well, the biggest thing is to be able to keep your enthusiasm up during the week. You know, and you need that. You need guys that come out there. Remember the Arthur Motes, that, those sorts of guys. They're just, they're, they're, they're a buzz of energy. You know, you, whoever yeah. it is, you know, I mean, those guys, you got to rally around. In these moments here, when you just took one on the chin, you want to get back on track immediately because if you don't, you know how one leads to two and two leads to yeah. three, you know, and if, whether exactly. it's in the win column or it's in the loss column, you want to make sure that you respond accordingly to what's actually happening out there. And certainly part of it is done today, the workday. And I, I think one of the most important things that the Steelers can do now is not going to be so much in the team period as it will be in individual period. Not in the schematics, but in the you know techniques that you have to evolve and develop and make sure that you're getting done. Because think about it, Max. Everything we watched in that run game – uh, and, uh, you know, uh, it, it just it was lacking one hit here, one hit there, you know, sustaining the block, losing the block at the point of attack. It wasn't everybody just getting driven back and slammed or anything like that. You know, it was a series of things where you just you're sitting there going, well, wait a minute, man, we, we can do this. The Raiders are, you know, they were blockable. They were very blockable. They did a good job. You got to you got to hand it to them. Yeah. But, that's not something you can you can't accept that you have to go out go about your business developing better technique. Well, it, and and it wasn't like it was it, you're sitting there with four Aaron Donalds on the line, right? Right, right. absolutely, or, or four Cam Haywards. Yes, you know, I mean, it wasn't like oh my gosh, I mean, this, this one guy is just absolutely controlling everything. No, it was a, it was a slip here, it was a missed hole there, it was it was a hand check here. You know, it was little things, and I think that's where kind of attention to detail really comes in, and, and the mentality has to be set. And today is that day where you set that mentality, where you set your intentions, right? You're intentional about what I'm going to do. If you, you know, I talked about this before the start of the season, right? Right. If you are going out there and self-scouting yourself when you watch film and writing down your weaknesses 
That is going to be the difference. And if I go in the right mindset, I've looked at my Monday game review, and I'm like, whoo, head across the bow. Yep. Head across the bow. I am going to put my head across the bow so many times on everything that I do that I'm going to wash it away. Or I'm going to whiff spectacularly, but it's going to be on the front side of the guy and not the not losing him on the back side, right? Right. That's what that's what that's what today is. Today is that day where you get to air because you got the big large blunt style tools as you shave down that piece of wood and I'm not trying to curve a corner. I'm just trying to get wood off and smooth it out. That's what I'm doing today. And so you got to be intentional with doing that today. Well, today is that day. And it's like you said, getting the head across the bow. He's talking about blocking down, making sure, because I think one of the best plays they run with Najee is that counter trap. You know, what, back in my day, we used to pull the offside guard, the offside tackle. Mike Webster counter blocked GT. back. Yeah, you Love know, it. we used to call it the counter tray, you know. But the mm-hmm. thing is, um, you know, they, they'll use different elements. We're going to get into it in the next one because I like the idea of a fullback being a part of that, and we're gonna we'll, we'll 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 break it down for you in the next segment. All right, that's the opening uh, salvo here from Max Starks, Craig Wolfley, and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh, and Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be right back after this. The number four one two nine one nine one three one six. NFL with the with the flexibility of practice squads and so forth we we have all the answers in-house uh, I'm not necessarily worried about the injury in terms of our expectations in terms of our performance we have a week to prepare um, with known issues in-game injuries cause more problems than known issues like like you're faced with here at the top of the week so we'll build a plan to highlight the men that we know will be available to us we'll leave the light on for some that are in question and we'll go in that stadium and be prepared to play. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And the number is 412-919-1316, and the locker room is the woodshed that Max Starks likes to go to every now and then just to kind of, you know, you got to get yourself whittled in Whittle dee, whittle dum, that sort of thing, and you, you get your your work done, right, Max? In the woodshed, as long as you're the one going there, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going to the woodshed, not being taken to the woodshed, <laughs> is always the most important key phrasing in that, um, and that happens on Wednesdays. You know, yes. who gets taken to the woodshed happens on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent point by you, my friend. All right. So let's take a look. You you go to the woodshed today, and part of going to the woodshed to start whittling the thing, we'll, we'll come with team and everything, but the individual period, 
You know, and during the individual period, you know, Adrian Clem breaks down all the blocking schemes and all the the attributes that you have to work on. You know, whether it's timing the punch on pass protection or it's cutting down on the on the gap, you just cutting your gap on the on the backside of cutoffs or on the genius block where you got to step down in tandem with your center to make sure that you get two out of the three guys in the backside. Um, you know, those sorts of things, cutting the penetration and making sure you step. People don't understand that when you get a cutoff in, on the backside and if you just pick your foot up and put it down in the same place, you are going to get beat across your face. You have to actually gain ground. And if you're on the left side and you're left-handed and your right foot is up, then you've got to make sure you still gain ground even though that up foot is 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 very hard to gain any ground with. It's not like your left foot that you can reach because your your left foot is back in your stance. Uh, that right foot is a little bit up up ahead, and if you're moving to your right trying to cut off on the backside, that can be complicated if you don't gain any ground. And that's one of the little simple tactics that you have to work on as an offensive lineman to make sure on the backside that you are not. Um, you know, you, that, that you don't get a man across your face, a guy that can penetrate and run it down from the backside. It'll kill the play before it even gets started. Just as much on the front side where you got a guy that you've got to block and you can't let him slip inside you and get up the field at the point of attack because penetration kills any sort of running attack. Well, yeah, and, and, and more, most important, we call that the gap hinge for the, uh, for the backside tackle. You know, it, it's a hard, aggressive step in with 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 a hand with force. You're striking the shoulder pad of the defender to slow him up, so that so that center can be set up to to then take that guy chest on. Right, and you're swinging back aggressively with the offside hand, the one that's not engaged, to take any any flow off of the edge, any guy that's coming or blitzing off of the edge. And you're redirecting him just enough so that you have enough time for the front side to develop, for that double team to get to the second level, for that right. puller to to kick out or pull up in the hole, right in between the tackle and tight end. Um, that's what you're trying to create. You're trying to create that opportunity so that you can give time, and that's it. It's just a little bit of time. It's not like oh my gosh, I, I'm going to block two guys at one time and they're just going to stay there. No. Is to stop, set up, and then come back out aggressively and take out whatever comes from, from from the fray, so to speak, off that edge, and that creates a clean backside angle because there's no reading or bouncing for the running back once he gets that ball. If you got two guys pulling front side, right? Right. It's just follow follow the butt cheeks. At That's that right. It is. <laughs> and go and go until 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 you see until you see daylight. Then you make the break, and then that's what that's when you run on your own. But for, for for that small amount of time, for those first second and a half to two seconds, you're just following the body. You're finding light colored jersey, light light colored pants. You're following those guys to uh to to lead you to lead you to the promised land. <laughs> and just be, be be aware that it can be a quick stop at any given point in time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it can be. It can be. It can be. But the goal is in your mind, you think this uh, yes. is going to last a little bit longer. <laughs> exactly so. So yeah. if we come to the second premise, meaning the first premise is really when Mike Tomlin uh, talks about 
you know, getting better. It's a work in progress. We got to work at it. Uh, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron. All these things. These are metaphors of what are true. They, these are things that happen every Wednesday, every Thursday. On Friday, it's, again, the honing thing. But the real work begins uh, right away on Wednesday because you've got to make some adjustments, whether it's aiming points, whether it's your recovery ability in the passing game, pass pro, you know, whether it's the the twists. You know, I, I was just watching film this morning, and you could see Cincinnati had problems on their offensive line with twists. Chicago ran some twists and was able to get home with a number of them. You know, this is something that you got to address and work on. And for each and every guy – there are different elements that you got to work on. For me, as a, as a guard, I love the fact that you can phone booth fight and you have that ability to keep things tight. But when you go out to tackle, that's a whole different animal with your kick step. Because at guard, it's about redirecting at the point of attack. You're right there. I used to jump set guys. Matter of fact, Max, you'll love this. We were playing the Jets one time. I was pr- playing uh, Marty Lyons, who's a big Alabama guy, you know. Uh, and um, so I, I would short set him. And I mean, I'd jump them at the lines. I'd just get right on them, you know, and just start, uh, you know, stand up grappling with them, punch them and start all that stuff. Well, one time on a, on a third and 10, uh, I somehow, I guess I lined up offsides. I was so trying to get <laughs> the jump yeah. on them. And we came to the <laughs> sidelines, and Chuck Noll said to me, third and 10. And I looked at him and went, mm-hmm. And he goes, third and 10. How can you be offsides on a third and 10? I didn't really have an answer for that one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, there's, 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 there's no, no good answer. answer there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like you know you're not supposed to be on the ball with the center. <laughs> There's a reason why he's the center, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a point if there. We all, yeah, but I mean, but I mean, but that's the thing is right. But you had your game plan in your head, and you're and you're always looking for that advantage point to take advantage of. Right, and so if it is getting a little bit tighter in that stance, right? Coiling the snake a little bit, you call it, right? When yep. you get down and you're like, okay, I'm about to fire out on this dude. I mean, it, it's something that happens. You know, normally guys get called off, um, especially in third and tens, for being behind, too far behind right. the line of scrimmage because you're trying to get as much depth as possible. I think that's <laughs> the point Chuck was trying to drive home. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure, just in retrospect, uh, about uh, almost 40 years later, I'm thinking – yeah, it was probably, you know, uh, pay more attention to the detail because there is a center who is at the center of the line, and there's a reason why he, you know, is right there and that line of scrim. Okay, so all those things come to play. Helmet, belt line. Helmet, belt line. <laughs> exactly <like> so. <laughs> all right, so you've got you've got now the game plan becomes uh, starts to come into fruition. You, you take a look at it, and you got your basic plays. In my mind, one of the things I'm thinking is, again, having uh, talking with Jeff Hardings one time, uh, going over the stadium back in your day, and he said, you know, we really had to simplify. This was uh, during Cowher's years. We had to simplify some of the running game because we were getting so many different elements in there. We were good at none of them, you know, and he said we, we started to chop down and, and make sure that we could run a certain number of plays against any front and take away all the, the bells and whistles, whether it was the motions and things of that nature or, or trying to out-leverage um, with too much, uh, you know, the heavy hoofers on one side and everything. The fact is, if you get better at it and you know who you got to block on each and every defense that you're going to face, whether over or unders, three fours, what have you, 
um, you're going to be better at it, and the backs get better at it because they know where the hole is going to be or should be about. And so all these elements come into play, and I'm thinking maybe the Steelers would be it would be it would benefit them by cutting back schematically and starting to concentrate on some of the things that they can do well. Well, that 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 is definitely you know very good, and it's something that that we, you actually I mean I would agree with completely and I think another thing is also you have this other option in in in, in the pre-snap huddle to call a place called check with me mm-hmm. you remember the, yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah where you send in two plays you call the first one and that one's on unless you see something unless it's like hey we're running this to the three technique and that is it unless he is a one technique now we're running the other play it's called check with me so Basic one. Let's just, let's just say you come out the huddle, right? You come out. I got a twin, great story twin. to tell you about yeah. this, but we'll tell you in yeah. a minute. Twins right stack. It's like 34 base, check with me, 35 wham. That's what it is. So you go to the line. You're expecting 34 base because I'm looking for that three technique. It's a one technique. Check, check, check. Set, blue 80, blue 80. Set, hut. That's, that's what it is. Right. You check from one to the other, or you call it kill. That was, that was right. one thing that got developed later. Instead of saying check with me, we switched it to kill. So you say 34 base, kill 35 fay. So you run 34 base until you hear kill. Now we're fully on fay because the alignment did not help us, and we're trying to go to the advantageous location. You know, that, that reminds me of a time we were in Detroit. And Chuck Noll sent in a play with Steve Corson, a messenger guard thing, essentially. He oh, comes yeah. in the huddle, and, he, and, and Chuck told him, toss 32 trap. You know, we're just, it's a basic staple of the, the, the 80s offense, the Chuck Noll trapping offense. So he runs in the huddle, and Bradshaw's like, we got to hurry, hurry. And, and Steve just looks at him and, and doesn't say anything. So Ch- Terry says, check with me. You know, we're going to check at the line of scrimmage. We go up to the line of scrimmage, yeah. and he goes, uh, blue, blue, the uh, 38, third, no, uh, toss 39, you know, going the other way, something completely different. Blue 39. And, and, and Steve Steve leans over and goes, Terry, that's not the play. <laughs> and Terry goes, time out. Time out. <laughs> that's not the play. Oh, it was so unbelievable. Those Dude. are, you can Dude. see how the, how the how the 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 audible system has grown over the years from yeah. Terry. That's not the play to you know kill kill kill. Oh my goodness! Oh my gosh! All oh, right, gee. hey, we got to go to break, my friend. Yeah, I know it's just unbelievable. All right, it's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Um, the communication has been really good. 
Um, I like the growth, the direction of that growth. Um, they're one and one like I'm one and one. We're all one and one. Um, if that's what you're asking in terms of evaluation of where we are, uh, we're a one and one football team. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You know, through two weeks right now, thus far the season, the emphasis there's been on taunting fouls. Uh, get Zooks, man, you've had 11 flags thrown for taunting fouls. You know what I mean? Think about it. 11. There's, all last year, there was only 11 total. Two weeks. You know, this is like the, the, the pass interference. You know, it's like they were yeah. flag, you know, happy, uh, going everywhere. Flags flying, laundry all over the field, right? Now it's about taunting. And I understand you don't want taunting, and you want to appeal to everybody. Say, hey, you know, be a good sportsman. Be a good role model, those sorts of things. But, you know, again, the NFL has a way of oversteering uh, of course, correction. And uh, right now, to me, it's getting a little bit difficult to see what really is taunting because any opposing player interaction, Max, you watch, you know, a guy makes a tackle. Guy gets up. He says something to the guy. He might be – they might have been teammates somewhere. You know, he says, hey, you know, and all of a sudden a flag comes down and say, what? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's gotten to the point where you're so overly sensitive and – this is always a problem at the beginning of the year, right? Because, you know, and especially last year, like with the PIs, because there wasn't any preseason games for these referees, right? right? Mm-hmm. So, so you, you watch the video that the NFL sends out, and then you try and rep it mentally. You try and watch all the examples they list, and then you go out and everything looks like pass interference. And right now, we've had, we've had, we've had preseason games, but – you know, at the same time, when you get into the real season where it matters, you can't just throw the flag willy-nilly just because I'm looking at you even though I might be looking through you. You know, a lot of the times, like right when you make the first down play and say you hit the guy and he fell backwards, right, and you're doing your ball drop for first down or you're doing your little thing. If the guy's <laughs> standing in the general direction, he it can't be taunting. That's like what he does. And that's where, you know, the biggest issues are. The difference is, if you're going up to, you're spiking the ball in the guy's face, right? Or if you or if you just hit a guy for a tackle for a loss and you kind of drag your body across him, you know? Like, you're, you're trying to prevent those ones that are purely directed that we know from the naked eye, the right. uninformed eye, mm, that, that might cause problems later in the game. Those are the things you're trying to prevent, right? That's the whole spirit of this rule, right? You know, spirit of the law, right? Yep. But the referees are so, you know, cognizant of it that anything in the direction of the opposite team is going to look like that. And so that's where it's like you appreciate what the rule is trying to do, but the practical application of said rule, it's getting followed by the wayside to where it makes you not want to do anything. It almost makes you want to just spin in a circle, close your eyes and right. go. First down yep. and go. And go. Or, <laughs> go back to the I made a big huddle. sack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> cl- cl- cover my eyes so I'm not looking at them, so you don't see me looking at you if you're in the general vicinity. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's gotten a little ridiculous. I'm glad Ron Rivera said something because he's on that committee, right? Right. So he said it on PFT and Pro Football Talk. I forgot I need to also say the name, not the acronym. Uh, <laughs> 
and address that issue, and we get that because, like you said, well, it's J.C. Treader, the the president of the NFLPA, that's really making a a stink about yeah. it, which he should. I mean, eleven flags yeah. in two weeks versus eleven flags all of last year total. It tells you what they're doing, and and I understand. That, you know, Rivera says because he's on the competition committee, and he says, you know, you, you you're trying to eliminate the big fights. Okay, well, you yeah. got to control that as a player. And, you know, one of the things that, again, you can't oversteer the car. You can't course correct too much because when you do, it takes away a lot of the game. And, you know, there is a violent aspect to the game. There are uh, hard feelings that do occur, and it's, and it's all right as long as you keep it in check. And, and if the players don't keep it in check, then you throw them out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, throwing out a player. Trey Turner will remember that a lot longer than he will a, a, a taunting flag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, it just it gets a little bit. I remember what, since we're playing the Bengals, I was playing against Jimmy Scow, who was a good defensive end for the Bengals back in the 80s, right? And we always had a little rough and tumble. So one time I was fortunate enough to get the best of him a little bit. And we, we go down the ground, and, and I'm like uh, just you know on top of him. He starts whacking at me, right? So I start punching him a little bit you know, as we're in the pile there. And all of a sudden the referee like grabs us. I didn't realize the referee was right there, and he goes, Am I going to throw you guys out? And Jimmy, Jimmy reaches up, he pats me, and he goes, no, he's my buddy. We're just, just saying hi to each other. <laughs> it was so blatantly funny, you know, and we started yeah. laughing, you know, because it yeah. was just like one of those moments we both knew, okay, we probably stretched the rules a little bit there. Um, and, yeah. you know, the good, the, the good cop jumps in, and he's about ready to become the bad cop and throw us out. And all of a sudden, you know, he's like, oh, no, we're just, just, we're, we're just yeah, catching no. up on, on family. You know, this is hello. You know, I was asking him how his son was doing. You know, <laughs> how's the wife doing there, Craig? How yeah, you exactly. doing? Jimmy, how's your that's, family? That's what the right jab is. The right jab is for children. The left jab is for spouse. You know, <laughs> exactly so. But, you know, yeah. you do. You, you've got to have a cap on it. But again, I just I believe that you're just being ridiculous when you start to, you know, the taunting is is getting to the point where if a guy says, I got you there, something like that. That's taunting. We're all big boys out there. You understand this game is about one person is trying to dominate another. Um, I don't know. I think, I think again, it's just getting crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and I saw this one. I think it was SportsCenter put it out a couple of days ago. I was talking about Tyron Matthew, and they were making a statement about how hilarious he is. You know, he went in. Coming in on a run blitz, right? And I forgot who it was for Cleveland. Just absolutely, just just throttled him, right? Hit him hard. He got up and he was like, "Yeah, you like that? You like that?" And they're in each other's face. He goes, "Tackle for a loss, woo!" And then he walks back to the huddle because he's biked up. He's like, "Man, seventy-seven just put me on my butt." I'm like, "Ooh, that was that was rough." I had to stand up, you know. And I'm like, "But think about it. If the ref had seen that, that might have been called taunting because they were talking to each other and it ended absolutely. up being a funny exchange." So it's like. Where's the levels of that depending on where you're at in the play? I think that's kind of what is, um, you know, what's tough to kind of navigate. And you don't want to get to where we're back in the, old, you know, the early 2000s, right? The no fun league. Right. Oh, no. Was, everything was a penalty. You couldn't celebrate. You couldn't do anything. Right. And, we right. Don't, and you're kind of overcorrecting. You don't want it to turn back in that direction because you want to celebrate, right? If you make a dynamic play in a dynamic moment, all that, all that adrenaline, all that testosterone, all that's going to come out, 
and you want to be able to at least displace it somewhat, right? Right. And celebrate, enjoy, especially if you're at home and your home crowd is all into it. That feeds the energy. That's that's why people come to games to see those type of moments, and then you're throwing a flag on it. It, it you know. Now you're now you're poo-pooing on the moment. Yep, you got a cold bucket of water on a bonfire. Jacob, do we have yeah. time to go to the phones or? Okay, no, we don't have time. Okay, all right, we'll we'll catch up because we have coming up at the top of the hour. We have Jim Wexel from Steel City Insider with some great insight as always, and it's always a pleasure because uh, we got to get some Neil Young on for him too because you know that's just that's just Wex. You got to do a little Neil Young, a little more barn, a little more house. It's a, it's a little inside joke there, Max, you'll love about that. But anyhow, okay. um, just winding this up, you know, I, I would, just like there was a, a phone call with a number of participants on it um, when all the pass, uh, the PIs were being called a couple of years ago and preseason and so forth. It was like a ridiculous amount. Um, and it kind of relaxed after that phone call. You know, from uh, you know the head head guys. I, I'm hoping that there's a little memo that says, "Okay, let's let's back off the taunting a little bit here. Uh, let's not get too ridiculous." Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's why you have these committees, and that's why you have you know, a place to settle grievances, and you know, and and re and reevaluate. So hopefully that does happen, and we're not getting into this. And after week four, we have twenty two. <laughs> exactly so all right that's it for the first hour there we'll be back with jim wexel steel city insider right back after the, these messages